You're a funny guy, Sally. I like you. That's why I'm going to kill you last. What do you want to tell me now, tough guy? I said, Bing, what are you doing here? I thought I'd tell you to go fuck your mother. <laughs> you don't trust me at all, do you? I tell you what, you make it through tomorrow without killing anybody, then I'll start trusting you. Fair enough. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's what made you. You did. I lied. All right, this is Kill You Last. I'm Peter Garacci. I'm Alex Pashera. And we I'm have Dick Winston. Oh, nice. Yeah, I cut you off. I cut you right off, Peter. I I regret that we didn't record the first 10 minutes of fucking setting this up because that's probably the funniest part of this podcast. Finally, Tate, from an undisclosed location. Yes. A lot of soundproofing so the feds can't track your movements. Facts. uh, Excited to finally have you in here, man. Welcome. Thank you for having me, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We've been wanting to do this for a while. But uh, I I think all three of us are in New Jersey. Is that right? Oh. I, I don't am. have to say where, but I think all th- are all three of us in Jersey right now. That's that's an unfortunately factual statement. Unfortunate <laughs> reality. I, I might yeah. this, this might be it for me. I might just be this guy. I might yeah. just live. There's, there's been a lot of barbecuing, a lot of bike riding, and a lot of America fuck yeah for me since. Lockdown. <laughs> so nice, know. that's fantastic. Yeah, I think we all know. That. Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> let's let's get into it, man. You picked a fucking great movie that I've been dying to Hell do. Yeah. So yeah, man, I picked Full Metal Jacket. Um, it's just a super, super powerful movie. Yeah. Super powerful movie. I was, I think the reason I picked it because it was super influential. It just changed the way that I perceived filmmaking and, and what movies are and definitely what a war film is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I was watching a bunch of just like, kind of like America, fuck yeah, like propaganda films where they're just like, like get the Charlies in the tree, you know, and that's all. Sure. Uh, well and good, but it's kind of propaganda and it doesn't really tell a war story. So my pops was like, I was pretty young, man. Um, probably technically too young, but you know, I was like 12 or so. I was like 11 or 12 and uh, I was watching all these movies, maybe younger, maybe 10 or 11. And my pops was like, okay, well, you want to see a war movie? Watch this. Wow. Yeah, no, I think, um, I got, I got a lot of feelings about this movie. I mean, I, first of all, I want to, um, I I love when a guest picks a, a movie I actually want to watch. There's been a few a few really great ones, a few stinkers lately, honestly. And uh, this one was great. It was a great rewatch. I watched it twice uh, over the past few days just because. Oh damn! I I think the first half of this movie is so entertaining. It's hilarious. It's sc- like scary at points. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's morbid. It's yes. it's like sad. Yeah. It's very sad for me. That's that's the the primary emotion that registered with the first half of that film was just like feeling such sympathy for this this poor kid. Private know? pile, right? Yeah, for Vince D'Onofrio. Shouts to Vince D'Onofrio. He his, is a monster. Hell yeah. Breakout. I I remember hearing a long time ago that he just like he, somebody knew him and was like, hey, I, I want you to audition for this movie. Like they want like an unknown actor. And like for this, I think this might be. Oh no! After Adventures in Babysitting, that was his first. He plays like uh-huh. the Thor guy in Adventures in Babysitting. I don't know if you guys remember that, but he has like no. he's like in that movie for forty five seconds, and it's basically just because he's a big yeah guy because he's just like a big tubby, just like huge. And so this yeah. was like his breakout. And I like this movie isn't like this might be the most upsetting movie that we've done on this podcast. Like his character and like the arc of his character to me. Like it, it's really horrifying. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 heartbreaking, and he does such an incredible job just morphing 
Oh yeah. You know, just changing into like that, that sinister psycho killing machine. Yeah. He does the classic Kubrick stare, you know, like yeah. every Kubrick film has, has the top of the <laughs> yeah, eyes. There it yeah. is. Oh shit. Mm-hmm. Take your scare in our view. With the, with the <laughs> smile and shit, because uh, <laughs> that's what, no, but Jack Nicholson does that in the shiny. Yep. They do it in clockwork orange. I think mm-hmm. he even has Tom Cruise do it in vanilla sky. It's crazy. Hmm. It's like and, and, or and eyes wide shut. shut, eyes wide, yeah. eyes eyes wide shut. That's a good point. That he does he does like people looking like vacant like that. That's well, yeah. but also that that forward sinister, just that kind of like you've lost all. Yeah, I mean that's basically of- the poster for a lot of the movies. You yeah, know? like that's the, I mean the Shining and Clockwork Orange. That's basically 100%. that's like the most lasting image. Yeah, this I I don't remember. I feel like I was aware of Kubrick by the time I saw this. Oh, but it's definitely. weird when you look at his filmography. Like he does The Shining, which is actually a hit. Then he doesn't do a movie for seven years, does this, then doesn't do another movie for 12 years. For like, so for two generations of people, like this is their Stanley Kubrick movie. Yeah, right. 100%. And it's, 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 a, it's a weird one because it doesn't really, I don't, I don't know. I was, I'm a huge Kubrick guy and I like, he's one yeah. of my fucking heroes. I love Kubrick. I go back and watch the movies. I don't know how I, like I have feelings about this movie as a movie unto itself, but I don't know how I feel about it as a Kubrick movie, if that makes sense. I don't like I, it's it's just one of those where it's probably the one that I have the most mixed emotions about. If that, uh, like The Shining, I just flat out fucking love. Like Clockwork Orange, like the first half. <laughs> yeah, I mean, The Shining doesn't start with like racial slurs and yeah, yeah you know, like graphic. Like I mean, it's just there's just such a a tremendous difference between the vibe mm-hmm. of all of his other films, and I think this film like you know, uh, evokes a lot more like disgust and confusion and shock, primarily shock. You know, he's really good at building fear and suspense, but the, the shock value of how just grotesque and terrible everything is in the Mm -hmm. language, these, these drill sergeants, that drill sergeant, that dude who ended up being in the Texas chainsaw massacres and whatnot. So he was the dude that was training the actor on how to be, how to play a drill sergeant. Kubrick was like, yo, fuck this. Let's just get this dude. Oh, really? I did not know that. Yeah, he's like, fuck this, bro. This dude is is the real deal. Why are we going to use anything else? This doesn't make sense. This guy is doing exactly what we want to do, and this other dude's trying to replicate it. Like, nah, let's just get him. That is definitely... Dude was actually a Paris Island drill instructor. That's crazy. That is definitely why Kubrick is, you know a legend because he makes decisions like that because like it's D'Onofrio like all those were both he's going out on a limb right right but the drill sergeant I mean completely makes this movie yeah that's Arlie I will twist off your head and shit down your throat (laughs) (laughs) apparently he wasn't there's so many dude the the one thing I heard is that he actually is Arlie Ermey he wasn't actually that intense in real life and Kubrick's like no I want more like I want you to be yeah, meaner and Kubrick shittier and he made him like yeah he made him practice like being as big of an asshole as he could possibly be yeah that's insane. what they like Bro, the needed. quotables just from that intro oh, yeah. scene alone i will gouge out your eyes and skull fuck you <laughs> like, dude that is insane the shit yeah. that he says it's outrageous. i think every everyone i went to high school with knew like this is my rifle this is my gun like there's a lot of, of stuff in this and i feel like this was a movie this is a movie that like 14-year-olds and 16-year-olds were watching and getting on one level, and then you go back to it older, and you're like, oh, shit, this movie. Yeah, I, think, I mean, but I, also, I imagine possible. watching that movie as, like, a vet. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, Christ. I mean, met, having even a quasi-similar experience, I mean, for sure, a similar experience in, in many mm-hmm. respects, and, like, 
it's got to be so so disturbing and intense. I can't even imagine. Yeah, and this by eighty. This was at eighty seven. Like by then, you have like Rocky Four. You have a lot of like rah rah <laughs> movies, and then this comes out. again. Like Kubrick's like disappeared. Like no one knows where yeah. this guy went. And then suddenly and all of a sudden drops. He, just, he drops such a powerful anti war film, though. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's such. It's just. It's incredible. And it, like Matthew Modine, who's the, who's the star of the movie Joker. Like he was a huge star. I think it's like. I think sometimes like it's, he's great in this. Yeah, he's really great. He's a great actor, yeah, he and he, I mean, he had a, like, he's still around. He might be on Strange Things or something. He's doing something. Str- you mean Stranger Things? Oh, yeah, is it, what is it? Strange he might be one of them Strange Things. You're literally, <laughs> like, like, someone's mom, dude. I think he's doing one of those internet TVs. <laughs> he's doing TV on the internet. I, I think he's on Stranger Stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw him on the Netflix. My uh, my parents put on uh, Bohemian Rhapsody a little while ago, and my mom's like, "Peter, did you know that Freddy Krueger died? I had no idea." I was like, <laughs> Come on, really? That Freddy Krueger died of AIDS. <laughs> wow, Freddy oh, Krueger was gay. Holy shit! No, and then, oh, and then my dad's like, "What's going on?" And my mom's like, "He's bisexual," and I just left the room. <laughs> I want to ride my bisexual. Um, yeah. yeah, so I'm definitely yes. I'm be, I'm becoming that. Yes. I, I've been spending way too much time around my parents. I'm becoming that. I think I saw it on the internet. But uh, no, Matthew Modine is fucking great in this movie, and he was like a teenage star for a while. There was a lot of like Kubrick like auditioned a ton of people, like brought in a lot of young actors uh, for this movie. And it's good to have a lot of like unfamiliar faces because they seem more authentic you know i, I mean? always think that's true if it's like having star cruise in this dude, movie you're like oh god having stars yeah. in your movie especially something that is like supposed to be sort of like a powerful message it always fucks it up for me i, I like having a bunch of nobodies people that haven't acted together things like that for sure well, it people, makes it better. people will be like well that's not true for war movies because what about apocalypse now and you're like bitch that's what made half of those dudes famous exactly that's what Back lawrence then. fishburne is a 16 year old boy in that film yeah, yeah, like right. what are you talking that's that's Morpheus, God. And even, even like exactly. even you know Martin Sheen, it's like he's he'd been yeah. around for a little while, but like a, a lot. It was a lot. Well, of Martin like, Sheen was a star, but he was the star star of the film. So he, that yeah, made sense. Star. Just like just like Homeboy from from Full Metal Jacket was pretty prominent at the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's especially with the when you have like a crew with a cast of a bunch of young actors, it's hard because you want them to be good. But if they're are if they're already big, it throws off the balance of the movie. You can't like Kubrick like famously did not give a shit about actors and like they were a bit kind of props. So mm-hmm. I'm sure he'd much rather work with guys who are just happy to be there, just want to do the fucking. And I can't like imagine being like a twenty something actor in Hollywood and you heard like this legend of Stanley Kubrick and all of a sudden you get a call. You're like, hey, Stanley Kubrick wants you to be in his movie. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, it's, wild. it's like un- unheard of at that time. It, it just, I just I remember it just being like, it's just this that stretch of like twenty years, of like only making one movie in twenty something years is fucking crazy. Unheard, yeah, but that's G now. shit. That's G yeah. shit yeah. because he's like he's putting that much time and effort. Into well, he like movies. he famously like wanted. He felt like he was a failure because he didn't make more movies. Like he he mm-hmm. hated the fact that he worked so slowly, but he was such a perfectionist that he would do like research for years. Mm. And at a certain point he would give up on, like he wanted to do a, a Holocaust movie 
And then Spielberg came out with Schindler's List. He's like, oh shit, I guess I gotta throw out my fucking Holocaust movie now. Yeah. Like literally, he's like, he's like Spielberg had the idea and executed the entire film in the time that I was still doing research. He spent mad time on 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is, and that movie's a fucking masterpiece. That might be my favorite. That's yeah. the one I go back to all the time. I still can't because well, he had so much respect for Arthur C. Clarke too. That, that was the thing was that he like, you know, it didn't live up completely to the like you know the the book in terms of format or whatever, but he still wanted to honor what a uh, what a visionary that dude was. Yeah, and he yeah Kubrick like he almost all of his books are based on movies, which he's not even like considered like a literary like these are not considered literary movies, but they're all almost all of them based on on novels, and, the, and these were hits too. Like two thousand and one was a monster hit, so to yeah. imagine that movie coming out now and being a huge hit. It's it's fucking insane. Like nineteen sixty eight, people are like, let's go see this space movie. Like, wonder what this is about. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, he, oh, go ahead. Oh go, no, go ahead. Oh I, no, I was gonna start talking about something in Full Metal Jacket that I like. So, if, if I was interrupting you, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. Oh yeah. Uh, so one thing I I appreciate about this this film, and I think, um, is not an accident. I which is interesting. I think that, um. The only character in in the boot camp that has any sense of individuality is Joker, and right. So like he's he's like kind of like making asides and speaking out and like gets yelled at because he's like making jokes or whatever. That's why he calls mm-hmm. him Joker. But he's the only person in boot camp um, that has humanity, like outside of the name that uh, the sergeant or whatever the the drill instructor gives him. So. I think that that's not an accident. I think that, like, I don't know. He's the only and, one that calls Pyle Leonard. Right. And, yeah. he, and he teaches Leonard individuality. And that's ironic and interesting because Leonard and whatever, Pyle, finding out his own individuality is actually what causes him to, uh, I think, yeah, kill him at the end of, uh, to, to kill the drill instructor. Because yeah, that's, he's expressing his individuality right there. Exactly. Pyle. Well, he's expressing his individuality through what the drill instructor taught him how to be, which was a killing machine. Yeah, he's also and he's, he's ironically also becoming, killing him. Yeah, which he's I also think, becoming I think the perfect student. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Which is brilliant, but I think the drill the drill instructor made a mistake when he made Joker the head of all the other boot camp guy. What did, what did, what did he make him like the? Is that um, like a bat- he made him like the head of the, the head of the squad or whatever. The head of the squad, something like that. Yeah, yeah. and I think that was a mistake because like. He should have picked someone who was just a cog in the machine, not someone that would have been able to teach Pyle how to be like his own person. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I thought that that was that's the most fascinating part of the movie. I mean, it's not a it's not a mistake for teaching a, a human being how to be an individual and and you yeah. know whatnot. But in that context, yeah, it's probably what got him killed because otherwise he just would have been kicked out of boot camp. Well, it's a mistake for him and his life in in the context of the movie, not like in general yeah of course i think that's yeah, what makes uh, the movie uh, brilliant i also think it's uh interesting because like oftentimes comedians are are the only people that can especially nowadays that can say a truth without like feeling like they're making a political statement or you know like sort of yeah. just saying something online and you know for laughs but it also having some semblance of truth and individuality and standing out from the crowd i think yeah. there's some some analogies you could sort of draw i don't know yeah, 100%. That's, I mean, I thought he was really, but like, just in general, I mean, the amount of like racial tension that was building in the, at that point in America, too, it was like right up to the Rodney King shit. And right. there's lots of uh, that character, Animal. 
right? It's like, wanna, yeah, it's like yeah. they should all hang. Like says a bunch of terrible shit that yeah. people object to, but like nobody swings on him. Nobody, and that's that's kind of a fucked up scene. Like I I heard that again. You're just like, whoa, that didn't register the same way when I was a child. Obviously, it registered that it was bad, but it mm-hmm. wasn't like. Like, holy shit, how is he not getting punched in the face right now or something, you know? And there's a lot of things. Yeah. It's weird when he sits down, he sits down with 8-Ball, who's yeah. clearly nicknamed 8-Ball because he's black. Right. Uh, I thought about but, that today. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh. But, but sits down with 8-Ball and then it's like, uh, it's like, yeah, thank God for the sickle cell or something. And the dude just like nods it off. And you're like, what? But... But the thing is, is what it what it indicates is like how prevalent racism is. I mean, listen to what the drill sergeant is saying in the beginning. He's like, there's going to be no fried chicken and watermelon for you, Snowball. And he calls him Snowball because he's black and it's ironic. You know, it's just like it's all of that shit is so prevalent that I don't think he's like putting that in the film because he's a racist. He is putting that to exemplify how commonplace racism was and the fact that to be a functioning infantryman, to be a regular soldier, you're fighting side by side with all these Confederate flag wearing racist motherfuckers and you kind of become brothers regardless. So yeah. it's another, he's speaking to that duality, you yeah, know, that, that peculiar, the same thing that Joker talks about when he's, you know, when the, when the, the guy comes up and asks about the peace sign and the born to kill. Right. Exactly. It's that, it's that he's speaking to that same level of duality with those scenes. And so that's, people, it's really funny. Fucking social justice warriors will interpret it the wrong way and be like, this should be removed. And it's like, yeah. no motherfucker. Dude, no, you have to show it. Yes. Yes. yes you're yes, missing yes. the point. The thing that hit me the hardest this, more. this time yeah. around, actually, like I, I think are both related to that. So one, so when, when, um, eight ball is shot by the sniper it's mm-hmm. animal mother that First is the one. most angry and the most like wants to like stop and nothing yeah, he's to like eight balls the out there he's the first one to to and, inject so there's a weird like there's something very interesting about like obviously these these guys they're they're playing you know 18 year old you know soldiers they grew up in whatever environment they grew up in they probably didn't meet somebody some of these guys didn't meet somebody from another race until they got into the marines 100%. So now all of a sudden they're thrust into this thing. They have all their biases, all their bullshit. And you can, you, they, you know, they use the same terrible language they did before. But now all of a sudden it's like that guy's life depends on me and vice versa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that moment like where it's like, it's really like, like Animal Mother almost just like ran out into the field and was like, I'm, I'm going to kill everybody. Because it's like, that, that's my guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I may talk yeah. shit and I may say terrible things to him, but he's still, he's with me. Yeah. In a weird way, it's like their racism towards the Vietnamese is stronger than their their racism amongst one another. I mean, but either way, it just puts all of it on blast. Yeah. It's all there. All of that hatred, mm-hmm. all that ignorance is just is just stewing yeah. around and swirling mm-hmm. around. And the other thing and it's is coexisting like, with like like you said, like the ra- like his racist thoughts, but he's still his brother. So it's like it's like that duality. Yeah. Like basically, you have to be you have to somehow be an individual while being completely a cog in this machine. Like, yeah. like basically they all become the cogs in the machine. The drill sergeant wanted them to be like, they all become yeah. killing machines, yeah. but like and, and, they have to cling on to some individuality. Yeah. So, so to that, me, like the, yeah. the soap scene is, is so upsetting when the mm-hmm. bars of soap and the, the worst part is Joker because he's the one that you want. Right. And, and, and what's great about Modine's performance is like you can see his frustration and you can see how he's like, yeah, listen, I tried to help this guy. I tried to do the right thing, but this guy is fucking up and he's making my life harder. So Joker's like the one who's really doing it out of anger, which is yeah. so much harder to like swallow. But then he also like it made me it just like 
I have this thing about like I don't like mobs. I I don't like that mob mentality. I don't like when people are picking on like the weak person. It really makes me angry. Yeah, but he has you to know? sit there and just deal with it. And it it no, but it, like I think, as he's I mean, whimpering, like that's the most disturbing part is when yeah. you're hearing him in the aftermath of it. Just like oh, oh the, the yeah, the way he like D'Onofrio <laughs> is fucking like, incredible because oh I don't like. I'm yeah. not going like, oh, that's great acting. Like he he sounds like he's he's like whimpering like a baby. Like that's actually really brilliant when he does there because it seems so believable. Well, it knowing Kubrick, like do you think they really had him? Do you think they really had him beat him up like that? Like knowing <laughs> no, Kubrick, they might have fucking. I think they probably him. rocked him pretty yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. I, I was think looking. He was <laughs> there was definitely some weight in this. You know what I mean? Like the socks are not hitting. Like there's something but, dude, holding Dinofrio the socks down. was was next level brilliant to yes. be as young as he was. That scene when he's on top of the obstacle course that they have to yes. climb over. He's on top of that ladder thing. And, and he's like kind of like he's kind of <laughs> yeah. crying and scared. He, he just looks so legitimately scared and whatever. And like Joker's talking him through it. I mean that whole scene is so brilliant and then when he's holding the n14 and he lets out that little like orgasmic gasp right before he knows that he's gonna pull the trigger he's like <sighs> it's just fucking bananas yeah. bro like the, that <laughs> level of acting to think that that's the same motherfucker from men in black that was like oh, sugar you know you're like what <laughs> or did 10 years of law and order yeah like intent. what yeah. but he's a monster man he's people great. hate on him but he's a beast he played he's, uh, he's known for being really difficult to work with like oh, okay. he there's some like there's like he was some, in like, daredevil bro he was in yeah. daredevil and uh only the first two seasons of that show were fire the third one he was fire but the show was pretty garbanious but like mm. his before bro he he got so fat for that show though that i legitimately did not know it was him until i was like six seven episodes in and suddenly i was like <gasps> Holy shit, bro! Is that Vinci Danofnoffs? Yeah. Like, like just... he famously was like hospitalized during when he was on Law and Order. Like he's he's the lead character, and he had yeah. they had to like stop shooting. And and like the rumors from like the crew was like, yeah, he's hospitalized. Like he literally like he had a, I think he had a breakdown, and everyone was like, fuck that guy. He's such a pain in the ass to work with. But it's like that's I mean that's kind of the deal with working with a guy at that level is they're not necessarily going to be a fucking easy. He guy was just it's just so weird with. watching him crush it and he's just surrounded by mediocrity or just not even yeah. like just but just some pretty subpar actors you know it's fucking law and order and like he's just crushing it you're like this has to be exhausting i think that's kind of like that's what amazing actors have to deal with all the time though you know what i mean it's like you, not you, all you're, the time because when there's that perfect dynamic you know when they set up that environment right it's like and people are feeding off each other like i don't daniel day lewis isn't doing too many films with fucking john stamos is you know what i'm saying like sure. it just doesn't no disrespect to john stamos yo shouts to johnny stains bro <laughs> he's straight monster he's can a you imagine if fucking if uh daniel day lewis just does like a guest spot on fuller house just for fucking <laughs> 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 just that like, would, i would watch the shit out of that dude. that would I like, be cause, so cause, good because i like, like listen i love acting i appreciate like i appreciate people like daniel day lewis but i also like the guys that are like don't take themselves too seriously do you know what yeah, I mean? The like, there are, there are guys that like, like Matt Damon will just show up in a cameo in a movie. Dude, like, Matt Damon in uh, Euro Trip with yeah. the oh, Scotty doesn't know. That's like that. See, that's a legendary cameo. Like, you're that a fucking legendary. beast for doing that. But you know that what I mean? that tells you that that guy is so cool that he's like, oh fuck it, I'll just do that for fun. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Like, he yeah. doesn't take himself too seriously. Or like, even like Mac the way McConaughey I mean, was got, just like popping up and shit. Bread for that, though. I'm sure I he probably got paid more than like the kids who started it. I uh, wonder. I, I mean, how big of a budget did they actually? No, nah, I think he probably did it as a favor. 
You think? I don't, th- I don't, I don't, think, they got, I don't think they got Matt Damon money sitting around. They're like, they, they're like, hey, like you, you, sometimes you, some of these guys, they'll just. They had Fred Armisen money. <laughs> they had that Viscuzzi <laughs> bread, bro. You, you <laughs> oh, you're right. You're right. That was they Fred that Armisen. That's yeah. a, yo, Loki. And there's House a weird. That is a good movie, dude. Yeah, they got incest <laughs> jokes and everything. The twins make out, bro. <laughs> that movie got, surprised the shit out of me. Yeah, that I movie did not expect balls, to like it as much bro. as I did. I have to watch that again. That was really funny. I forgot. Scotty does it now. That Vienna and me. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking. I'm reading an article. Yo, there's an article. Uh, so your trip was written by three guys I went to college with. This is a quote from Matt Damon. Uh, so your trip was written by three guys I went to college with: Alex uh-huh. Schaefer, Jeff Berg, and Dave Mandel. I was in Prague shooting the Brothers Grimm. We were in rehearsals, and I had a wig in that movie. And so Alec and Dave and Jeff were making Euro Trip, and they were like, "Will you come play this? You know, Howard Roll- or Henry Rollins kind of insane bad version of a suburban, you know, punk band guy." And he's like, that's- "Yeah, I'm in Prague." All right, so Matt Damon's pretty cool, but it was his. Friend. Yeah, that's fire. Yeah, but there yeah. was homies. Yeah, so Wait, yeah, Daniel Day Lewis would not. So they barely paid him. I bet. Yeah, they got yeah. away with not even paying Matt. That's they're awesome. Probably, yeah, they probably have cocktails and a blowhito. <laughs> yeah. What was the chick in that movie? Uh, Michelle Trackenberg or whatever? Always had a thing for her. What? Yeah. I mean, clearly, if you know her name, bro. I can't even, <laughs> yeah. I can't even picture my, no, she her was, face. She was Harriet the Spy, dude. I had a crush on her from oh, when man. I was like four years old. Oh, like, do you damn. remember Harriet the Spy? I, don't know. I didn't see this yeah, coming no, a Euro trip fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> are, you guys, are, you guys, are you guys Kubrick guys? Yeah. yeah like, heavy, I was, heavy, heavy. Dr. Strangelove, all that. Yeah, I mean, he, like, he, I was just listening. There's an interview of him on YouTube. It's just the audio from like the early '60s, and sometimes I just like listen to it. He's like one of my favorite characters in Hollywood. Yeah, he's a G. He was a great orator too. He had kind of that Alan Watts D's. Like, he mm-hmm. was just a he's a cool dude, man. Yeah, and I think like there's uh, you can get lost. Uh, you can you can lose a weekend watching YouTube videos on Stanley Kubrick conspiracies. About like faking the moon landing, oh, the moon landing. And all this other stuff. Yeah, and, but he's like, he's the perfect, Kubrick's the perfect person for that because he lived such a weird kind of existence where he just didn't fly anywhere, didn't like leave his house for years. Yeah. And like, he, this movie was shot in England, which is another yeah. crazy thing about this. So, like, even that's another thing that's really interesting is that this Vietnam doesn't look like the Vietnam in any of the other movies because yeah. they decided to make it an urban. Uh, film and not like a jungle. Yeah, film. yeah. Which is so an they, they they found some like old abandoned like gas like factory. I don't know. What we call it mm-hmm. the gas refinery. But what some of, that's what I was thinking. In some of the scenes when they're walking through and they've got their guns and like everything's on fire, it's so much more. Uh, it just doesn't seem as manufactured as even like great modern war films like Black Hawk Down and shit like mm-hmm. that. It, those still seem more manufactured somehow than like. This just there's like rubble and shit is just on fire and it's I don't yeah. know man it's legit. It looks like ruins and it was it was filmed like big shots like master shots like huge. Yeah. I mean that's that's the thing is like Kubrick is just the the master of like shot making and angles and cinematography. Everything is always just so clean. His lighting is so beautiful. Like that scene where they're uh, where they join up with the other platoon or whatever and and they're walking behind the tanks. Mm-hmm. And like one of the dudes, like a, a landmine blows up or something, and they all hit the deck, and he zooms in on like five different dudes' faces, and it's just oh, yeah. incredible, man. It's just like the the way he mixes up those shots and their facial expressions, the sweat on their faces and shit. It was just beautiful. Yeah, he and he broke a lot of rules. Like like right. the zoom done wrong would be like look like a cartoon. Yeah, but like he does it so well. 
And the it's, soundtrack, I mean, the soundtrack was good money, bro. Yeah, fucking These boats were made for walking, and that's just what they'll do. Yeah, that's, I mean, and then she walks off. She's like, Buku, me love you long time. <laughs> that whole scene, bro. How about the scene where she's like, no, Buku too loud, too big, too big, Buku. She's talking about the black dude's yeah, dick. Right? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, no, too Buku. <laughs> He's like, this is an Alabama black snake. He, he, <laughs> yeah, her pimp is like, uh, she say, no soul, brother. <laughs> no, she's like, no soul, brother. Yeah. <laughs> no soul, brother. It's oh so bad. God, it's so bad. It's hilarious. I mean, that's very funny. Um, we have we have like six minutes left. Just letting you know on the Zoom. Oh, damn. Son. Yeah, I, I don't. We're not paying for Zoom anymore. So that's okay, man. Was ain't paying for the Zoomies, huh? Yeah. Well, uh, I think it was really cool how it. Is very anti-war in the sense that, like, they yes. highlight shit that, um, like, how they change the terminology from search and destroy to sweep and clear. Mm-hmm. Like, little things like that are just a, a microcosm of how the American government and military kind of treated the entire situation over there, which I think is is great, man. I mean, he just, there's a bunch of political satire, just a bunch of, the whole scene with the with the gunner, yeah. that is one of the most, that's one of the darkest, most, and the dude sitting there going. <coughs> yeah. So that so the, the the screenplay was written by Michael Hur, who was yeah. a he was a journalist during Vietnam, and there's yeah. a lot of this stuff was and he uh, Michael Hur also wrote uh, the voiceover for for Martin Sheen in Apocalypse Now, which is why Kubrick contacted him, and he like apparently that scene of the gunner is actually based on a real incident. Oh, I mean really? that Witness. scene is just so. Oh, of course it's based on. I mean I can. There were allegedly tons. If you look at all the different incidents of like Mi Lai massacre type shit that happened in Vietnam, yeah. of course there were dudes that are just gone insane and were, it oh, was also sure. a draft so like how many serial killers do we coincidentally draft it's yeah. just a numbers game bro so there's literally dudes over there as you can see in the scene clearly there's like women and children there's people wor- working in rice fields and yeah. he's just like he's like get some get some get some ha-ha. he's like got you mother it's just like bro that whole scene is so brutal and if you don't have a different perspective on war and warfare and wartime after watching that film you didn't watch the same movie bro <laughs> you know right. it's just like it's crazy he goes any women or children and he's like sometimes he goes how can you shoot women and children he goes easy you just don't lead him as much ain't war hell and then he can laughs again you're just like oh shit bro yeah it's, it's crazy. crazy and it's crazy to think that this was like 45 years ago that this was Actually yeah. Well, and you have to imagine there's still, still shit happening. that has to be as morbid and brutal as that, yeah. of course, because there's still war. The dude, when he's yeah. posing with the dead body, yeah. and he's like, yeah, this is my friend. You want to take a good picture? This is my friend. You know I mean? It's just like... <sighs> you have to make those jokes, I think, I feel like when you're over there, because like, it's just around you all the time. And yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I, I feel like you have to sort of make it normal somehow. Almost every Kubrick movie like works as a black comedy, too. Like you're, you're la- I mean, we're, we're laughing now. Like some of the, ter- like a lot of this stuff is horrendous and yeah. you can't like you laugh and then, but that's why, it, that's why these movies stay with you is because you laugh and yeah. then later you think about why you were laughing yeah. and you're like, oh, that's gross. It's fucking, it's fucked up that I was even laughing at that. Yeah, or, or I mean, just the, some of the things just really stick with the line where he's like inside every gook, there's an American trying to get out. You're just like, oh my Jesus. fucking God, dog. Like that rationalizes the whole mentality of like spreading freedom anywhere we go in right. every situation we've ever done it. I and could that's totally just, that's see horrifying. Someone, I could see someone believing that. 
truly yeah. believing that. And also, oh, like, there are people who genuinely believe that. So there are there are trained killers who believe that. That's right. the scariest part. Yeah. And, and the like, fact that like, we said it, but like the, what the drill sergeant is doing, it works. Yeah. The reason that he does he's what he them does down. is that it actually he's breaking these people. <laughs> you down climb like old loving. people. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just pure comedy. That line. That that's is fucking hilarious, amazing. dude. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know they stack shit that high. Like, there's yeah, so yeah, many yeah. great lines in that movie. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, were you, a lot a fat, of- were you born a flat, sl- fat, slimy piece of shit, or did you have to work at it? He's <laughs> like, like, oh my god. I mean, he would just he would crush in a, in a comedy spot, like with with the his monologues in this movie like yeah, some if he just did crowd work and just yeah, shit on yeah, people yeah, with those literally. lines he would have been a crowd like, work this is how you deal with like that god this is yeah. you just fucking break them just smash I mean, their who wrote that was he improving at all or was that just i think all i think he did improvise a good, a yeah a good percentage of it it was just probably a bunch of shit he actually said i'm sure but wild though how hilarious they come out you yeah know? it's insane it's yeah. insane. One of the best quotes from the film is, uh, if I'm going to get my balls blown off for a word, then that word is poontang. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when an animal says that. That's sensational. Oh, man. Uh, so, Tate, how uh, have you been holding up, man? Do you do you have anything to, like, plug or anything you're working on? Um, yeah, man. I mean, I'm so um, – I've been recording a bunch of podcast episodes. Uh, Marcelo Hernandez and I nice. are doing a podcast, Building Character. Um, it's a show we had at the stand, but then obviously there is you no know, stand-up comedy indoors right now. So yeah. uh, we're doing a little, like, Instagram Live and then doing a podcast as well. It'll be up on Spotify and iTunes and all that Where, What's it called, man? It's called Building Character. Boom. Building yeah. Character. And then at the beginning of the quarantine, the beginning of the pandemic, I did like a series of 14 different characters. Um, I think I saw a few Instagram. Of yeah, <laughs> they're, they're, they're ridiculous, but they were just fun. Now, Tate's great. Guys, you have to uh, give Tate. What's your social media? What do you got? Winston underscore comedy on uh, Instagram. And yeah. And everyone Tate that's watching or listening has to follow Tate. He's fucking hilarious. No, he's, he's, he, I've seen Tate murder, and he also he just does some of the best uh, characters and impersonations I've seen. So he's, he's really, really funny. He's the only guy who makes me laugh from the flyer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm already having a good time just looking at the fucking flyer. <laughs> yeah, I miss making those, man, so bad. We'll be back, baby. We'll be back. Yeah. Damn straight. Damn straight. All right, man, Tate, thank you so much for doing yeah, this. Really thanks appreciate so much, having you yeah, on. Man. Really, I appreciate really you, boys. Time. This is awesome. All right. Peace out, guys. All right, Joe. Do it Later. Peace.